Hello, and welcome to episode number 81 of Future Chat from Unwind Media. We are here this week for a probably protracted episode of Future Chat. We had some technical difficulties on Mike's end, and so he's joining us by phone this week. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. You can't see me, but I'm doing great. We could see your avatar. That's true. I look great in that avatar. That's that's a very good point. It's interesting because I'm not actually looking at the Google Hangout for most of this because I'm like, well, I can't mm-hmm. see Mike. Why? Why even bother? <laughs> and who wants why to look at me? Rob? <laughs> yeah, you're you're all right, Rob. But I can't say as I'm I'm terribly happy with you right now. I know. Yeah, you're uh, as we discussed on East meets West. You're putting the dick in dictator, Rob. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not intentionally, mind you, but. I just, I, I found out via podcast that I'd been expelled. So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, I should point out you've been gone for two weeks and mm-hmm. you went to get a box of Kleenex right before we started. So I'm not holding out a lot of hope that you're going to stay healthy through this episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Prove me wrong. I would love Is that, it, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. You just, you just always assume the worst, you know, Rob. I hear the best thing about being a pessimist is that you're either right or you're pleasantly surprised. <laughs> is is that accurate, Rob? Yeah, that's accurate. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, we have some mm. follow up going on. There's a we've talked in past episodes about the 30 meter telescope. This is one that uh, a court in Hawaii uh, has now. So I'll, I'll actually back up a little bit. Uh, they're trying to build a telescope on a mountain in Hawaii, Mauna Kea, and it's a massive telescope, probably the most, other than radio telescopes, is probably the biggest telescope in the world, I would guess. And uh, so the Hawaiian Supreme Court took a look at their case. Uh, there's a big protest going on about Native Hawaiians wanting to nullify this building permit. And basically right now, the Hawaiian court has nullified the building permit that they do have. Um this is basically this isn't as big of a story as as the news was making it out to be because the the group that's responsible for building a 30 meter telescope is isn't they want to respect hawaiian culture they want to respect all of these things they want to get a proper building permit and basically this the permit was given in error and it was given on a technicality or something and they knew that so they were expecting this and they're happy to just kind of wait um stop construction and uh that that's basically the end of the story it's not salacious or anything they're still working on getting a permit and they want to work with uh, cultural authorities and government authorities in hawaii to get this done properly uh so it might be a little while but that's that's their plan and that will continue to be their plan do we know what the technicality was it was something to do with uh i'll look it up wasn't it to do with the fact that there was a time to voice objections and nobody did? No. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was how it worked the last time we did this or the last time we talked about it. It was like, that was a thing that they were, mm. they had a chance to talk about it. They, they had been, um, but the actual, they shouldn't have given permission to go forward before they had the chance to hear the other side. And that's what ended up happening. And so basically on those grounds, they petitioned the Supreme Court to say, listen, we, we just want to give it, have a chance to actually, um, raise the petitions that, or bring up the petitions that we've, that we've formed mm. and have a chance to actually discuss it before this is built. 
this this is similar to the issue with the cell tower that's currently being proposed slash planned in our community in Calgary here. Mm-hmm. They they're putting it behind a grocery store, kind of in more of a commercial area, but it's in the middle, like kind of in the courtyard of a condo complex. Mm-hmm. So there, the law stated that they had to only inform or notify people within, I think it was. 300 meters of the telescope or hundred meters. It was either 300 feet or 300 meters. I can't remember. Okay. And the condo board approved the cell tower to be built there. But now that it's been approved, everyone's like, Oh wait, Oh, we don't want that. And it's like, well, you guys technically had your chance, but then they've been holding kind of public forums and that kind of thing to, to gauge the, the feelings of the community, I guess. But I think either way it's going to be built because this is a cell tower and it's necessary infrastructure. But I guess with this telescope, uh, they're of the opinion that if people are against it, it's not going to be built based on what you're saying. It needs it needs to at least be discussed. They basically felt like they they should have had a chance to voice their dissent and they weren't given that choice right. or that option. So okay. that's going to happen. But it doesn't mean that the project's canceled. It just means for now they're not allowed to build it. And they've already been waiting something like 10 years. And so it kind of sucks. But right. um, yeah. They're not going to go. They don't want to go ahead against the wishes of Hawaiians, right. and so they're going to. They're obviously going to hear the petition and and kind of hash it all out, make sure everyone's happy. No one's ever happy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. That's just yeah. a fool's errand. I think. Make sure everyone's as happy as they can be, and that everyone's had their voice heard. If you're doing something in someone's backyard, it's just it's going to be a bunch of them that are upset. Yeah. What what oil and gas companies usually do is just throw money at them, and then. <laughs> That usually that's probably what's going to happen here. Yeah, actually, Granted, not not to the same level of order of magnitude as oil companies would be able to. But yeah. a note on that is that uh, they found from public opinion polling with nuclear reactors, the only people that support a nuclear reactor are pe- are, are places that already have nuclear reactors, yep. <laughs> because. They're the places who, you know, it's it's had a big impact on their local economy, that kind of thing. And they just accept that, you know, it's a, it's overall a good thing for them. But it's just funny because the only place they actually want them is where they already have them. Yeah. Well, they want more. Why wouldn't you? It's like we already got I, one. I why, why wouldn't we have more? <laughs> it's, it's interesting because Alberta is starting to go more uh, clean energy focused, as I'm sure you both have heard. Yeah. With the uh the NDP's climate change plan. Yeah. And, I uh, um sorry, go ahead, Mike. It's, it's starting to look a lot more uh, appealing to start looking at solar energy and and batteries and to see if that's kind of a viable and even cost-effective route of obtaining energy as a household just because right. not only are electricity prices going up because of the phasing out of coal power pl- cold power plants um but I'd imagine there's going to be some credits and incentives to go solar or just clean energy versus uh, relying or staying on the, the old infrastructure. Hmm. Yeah. Although I, I uh, went to a party last night with an MLA there and I don't think they're going with nuclear in Alberta, which makes me very sad. It's unfortunate. Is, is that because of the upfront yeah. cost? Well, their plan is geothermal, so I don't think it has anything to do with upfront costs. Because, I mean, if you're mm. concerned with upfront costs, then you would never do geothermal. Is the plan geothermal? Who's, who's talking about geothermal? The MLA? Uh, 
Yeah. Which MLA was for, this? For baseline generation. Did you do recall which MLA this was? I do, but the conversation <laughs> wasn't on the record. Okay. That's fair. W- w- was it a NDP one? I could neither confirm nor deny that. <sighs> okay, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> off the record. Okay. Uh, fair enough. So it's I, I'm just curious here. because geothermal hadn't really been a part of the public conversation up to this yeah, point. Yeah, well, I mean, it's also... It was also an MLA talking about a uh, a viable clean energy option. So, oh, okay. uh, y- you're a clever guy, Mike. I'm pretty sure you can figure out which party they were with. <laughs> right. So there's only, there's only one liberal MLA, so that's probably out. <laughs> <laughs> I actually drove by constituency office yesterday. It's right in your area, Nick. Oh, David well, Swan. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I think he's just Northeast of here, isn't he? Northwest. He's in 14th, off 14th street and okay. eighth Avenue Northwest. Anyway. Yeah. Side, side note. This is the most inside baseball we've ever been on this show. <laughs> uh, can we, can we move to the next piece of follow-up? We, we probably should given our timelines. Yes. Uh, I just wanted to, this is mostly a PSA more than anything. Uh, New Horizons we've been talking about over the last several months since it made contact with Pluto. Um, they've started to get the first, like the most high resolution images we're going to get. They started by sending back basically JPEGs. And so we've started to, if you, if you head to NASA's website and go to the New Horizons page, uh, they've started to post the huge pictures. Basically, we're going to get the most surface detail. They, they say this article I was reading on Wired, they say these are the most high resolution images we're ever going to see of Pluto like humans are ever going to see. And I'm, I'm just thinking that's pretty short-sighted, but um, our, in our lifetime, certainly that's probably true. Um, so if, if you're interested in that at all, go check it out. There's a lot of surface details and you can, like it's getting really right down there. Mm. Yeah. So I didn't, I missed the first part. Is this because they just got received or they're just released? No. So basically if, if you're, if you've seen the Martian, you will know that um, any like, any photo NASA takes is public domain. Like they have to release it to the public within 24 hours. Okay. Uh, and so they, they started off, they, they took all the pictures. They weren't, they weren't able to transmit data. They can only transmit data very slowly because they're using technology from 10 or 15 years ago on the actual uh, new horizons. And it's also super far away. And so they started off by sending only critical data. They wanted atmospheric data. They wanted numbers and then they started sending back low resolution images just to get them in case something happened. And now that that's kind of done with, they're starting to send back higher and higher resolution. So basically the, the equivalent of raw files, huge files that have a lot more detail in them. Gotcha. And so that's what we're starting to get now. And with those, you can obviously zoom and crop to your heart's content. Yeah, exactly. Not lose the detail. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So go check that out if you're interested at, at the NASA website. Uh, Nick, you have a story here about Car2Go. Yeah, Car2Go is a um, it's a ride sh- or not ride sharing service. It's a car like sharing, a, car sharing. Yeah, car sharing service. Like I think Zipcar in Ottawa is uh, one. There's also VirtuCar in Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. VirtuCar. That's one. But uh, Car2Go recently, it, uh, up till this point, it's all been smart cars. But recently, they debuted four door models, and because Smart is a Daimler Chrysler company 
-hmm. the four-door model they went with was a Mercedes B class. (laughs) And we finally tried one yesterday to go get groceries from Costco. It was so much nicer than riding in a smart car. (laughs) Just (laughs) so much nicer. And for now it's the same price to use it, but I, I really hope they, they keep it up because I don't know how often you've been in a very small car. I find especially manual smart, small cars do this, but when you're accelerating, the engine kind of goes in pulses. And so you end up rocking back and forth as the engine's going to try and get you forward. Right. No such issues in a Benz. No, probably not. (laughs) Yeah. It was just, it's really nice. Really like car sharing services. I think they're nifty and wonderful. And that's my update from the future of vehicular transport. (laughs) That would be a cool future. You know, it also I've heard has very pleasing acceleration. What what would that be, Mike? Is it a forward thinking company with a wonderful futuristic car? Just electric cars in general, but yes, Teslas are are said to have very very good acceleration, constant torque, and Mm. yeah. It's like we should. I wish there was a way to try one. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that that'd be pretty good. You'll you'll get there. Look into that. Yeah, Mike, you uh, we talked last week about the iPhone headphone jack. Yeah, in some detail. Yeah, and you have some follow up you wanted to raise on that issue. I do. We, we were talking about options, how Apple could get around the headphone jack issue if they didn't include one. One of them being mm-hmm. just using a lightning headphone connector. And I think that was kind of what we settled on as what they'd eventually come out with if that was the case. Right. And even just coincidentally, a news story came across my feed regarding the headphone jack rumors because, again, this was a fairly uh, well-known rumor. And apparently there already exists a headphone connected or sorry, lightning connected headphone. Uh, I don't have the brand name in front of me here. Philips. What's that? Philips. Philips. Okay. There you go. Um, yeah. So, but I think it's a higher quality headphone that would need power as well as the headphone, uh, three and a half millimeter jack connection for the audio. So using the lightning, it avoids the headphones having the battery required uh, I can just be powered directly through the lightning connector as well as the audio. So I think that was part of the reason for using the lightning connector, but mm-hmm. also just because maybe they anticipated this possibly happening or just because it worked out that way. Um, so yeah, I think if I've, all the more reason, if there's already a lightning connected headphone, I don't see why you wouldn't go that same route for, for a standard connection. Yeah. This um, actually, to be honest, we, we talked about this because we were lucky in that, we recorded we recorded sunday morning this yeah. this news came out after all the technology podcasts had talked about it. so we we were probably one of the very first episodes of podcasts published to actually be able to discuss this and i listened to probably six or seven different podcasts that meant that talked about this news because it's big in the world of apple and there's not a whole lot else going on but nobody really talked about the implications of if they did it the way that we did where we went into a few different options with Apple being a music company and selling audio products. Uh, so I was very proud of our, our reporting on that issue and our discussion of it. 
of curiosity, what were the other ones uh, talking about? Just they talked about the different the the smaller two and a half millimeter audio jack that they could possibly go oh. to. They did they did a couple of them mentioned the half width one right that that Apple had patented a while back, but none of them really went into if Apple was going to do this, being a, a music company, owning a headphone brand, and wanting to sell as many of these as possible, what options would they have? Right. And I really felt like we covered it better than any other thing I, I saw. Cool. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to say on this, that the interesting thing about these headphones is that it allows you to have, they, they built, the, these Philips ones built a digital audio, a digital analog converter directly into the headphones so that if you wanted to use these with an adapter, you would do that. Um, you, you, you would be able to do that. And, but the, the problem being with something like Apple's headphones being lightning is that if you wanted to use them with an adapter, you would need to build a digital analog converter into a pair of earphones. And I don't know if I see that happening. So, so, so yeah. So that would allow you to put the three and a half millimeter adapter onto the lightning connector yeah. is what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. And it just seems like there's a, spa- a lot of space constraints in there. I don't know that you could you could do it in headphones for sure because there's a bunch of room in the ear cups, but I don't know if it would right. work with headphones. So you but might not get that. You could do it the other way around where you have the three and a half uh, port with the lightning adapter or the lightning mail on the other end, right? And just use regular headphones? You, yeah, you could do yeah. that. Okay. Because yeah. I think that was the main thing we were talking about is how are people going to use their old headphones with yeah. the new iPhone versus the new iPhone headphones with old yeah, three and a half millimeter connectors. I don't think that's exactly. as big of an issue because you can pick up three and a half headphones anywhere. Yeah, but yeah, lots lots to t- think about with that. Um, but we'll move on to our main stories here. Nick, your first one here is about this new phase of carbon that was discovered or or created. How did, how did they do this? Uh, lasers. They used lasers. Awesome. Why not? <laughs> yeah, they've they've used lasers to make some i mean not only diamonds but they're saying you can i mean not just like you know nice chunks of diamond but they're also using it to make nano needles micro needles nano dots large area diamond films and so i thought that was really cool also i mean just novel phases of something that's interesting and the way they're making the diamond is just you know basically with a laser just at one atmosphere so everything can be done at room temperature at one atmosphere i mean maybe just maybe they could get a big laser going and pump out a bunch of diamonds and finally expose them for being the worthless piece of rock that they actually are (laughs) would that do that though because then you would have they wouldn't be mined, so De Beers wouldn't have control over them. Right. And so they could sell them for however much they want. Completely undercut De Beers, upset the engagement ring industry. Yeah. Later yeah. we'll find that this uh, this research was actually sponsored by De Beers and they have all the patents on it. <laughs> <laughs> but under a different brand name, so. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. So, I mean, they're saying there's applications for drug delivery, industrial processes, and creating high-temperature switches and power electronics. Actually, the high-temperature switches and power electronics sounds really cool. Um, mm-hmm. 
so long as you could keep the carbon from burning. But I don't know. I, I thought this was really cool and just, yeah. What do you guys so think? Is cubic zirconia, is that carbon as well? No, that's, that's zirconium. Well, okay. Or yeah, that's zirconium. Okay. I, I wasn't, I'm not a chemist. I don't, I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's an element <laughs> on its own, but apparently it is. It was fun. I, in my free time one day, uh, we had someone bring in some jewelry to the lab and they had run a test on like a diamond tester we had upstairs at uh, border services, but we plugged it into the XRF. And so when you fired at a, you know, a gemstone with that was just clear and you got a huge zircon pink or, or zirconium peak, you're like, Oh, that's cubic zirconium. That's, that's what that is. But then there are a couple where you just get nothing and it's like, oh, that must be carbon because carbon doesn't show up in XRF. Right. It was really neat. I liked it a lot. If people just treat the synthetic diamonds the same way as cubic zirconium, then it shouldn't affect diamond prices because they'll still say, oh, well, this isn't real diamond, even yeah, though materially it probably is as close as you'll ever get. They'll market them as like synthetic diamonds right. or something like that. And the other, sorry, the other... Uh, thing with this research is that previously you could have lab made diamonds but i mean it it was the same as normal diamonds like high temperature and pressures right and so right. you i mean you could get them but you may as well just have the ones from out of the ground at that point because they were so expensive to make yeah right. but so now we can actually maybe use some of diamonds interesting properties for advancing science and technology do you think do you think we might oh man can you imagine if like cell phone screens were just diamond (laughs) i can and you don't screens you don't seem excited at all rob i don't think i don't think sapphire means what you think it means when you're talking about screens what does that mean i are, are they actually made out of sapphire yeah sapphire crystal Really? I thought that was just like yeah. a brand name. No. <laughs> no, that's for real sapphire. Really? Aren't sapphires like... What color are sapphires? Yeah, they're like blue. That's what I yeah. always thought. I'm not talking about the gemstone. I'm talking about sapphire glass. Um, it is... Uh, it, I mean, sapphire is a nine on the Mohs hardness scale, one less than diamond. It's a... Uh, it, I mean, it's a mineral, so it's got... It's, it's a composition. If, if you have it... At, aluminum oxide. Or alpha aluminum oxide. Right. Um, so if you have it really, really thick, it can probably turn blue with with impurities, but generally right. it ten- tends to be impurities that cause the color. Hmm. Um, yeah, so basically what they've been doing is manufacturing single crystals of sapphire in thin sheets for use in phone screens. And they haven't actually, Apple hasn't actually put it into like a manufacturing of a phone screen yet. But the higher end Apple watches have sapphire screens, and they're they're looking at ramping this up. They bought a company that uh, makes sapphire sheets, and uh, that's something that will be happening in the near future. Is using something with a Mohs hardness of nine on phone screens, and we could have a Mohs hardness of ten soon. So that's exciting. Good. Well, actually, if you if you read the beginning ish of this story it actually says uh what they're calling it's called q carbon 
has unusual characteristics, one of them being it's actually harder than diamond. And it's ferromagnetic, apparently, which is a little crazy to think about. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is really cool, especially they're talking about building it in, in thin sheets. So in, in theory, this would lead you to an even harder substance for for protective screens than uh, than sapphire would. What I'm thinking is looking at tools and their diamond-tipped blades or bits or that Ooh. kind of stuff. And yes. same with uh, even in oil and gas drilling, you have a bit type that, that uses diamonds for cutters. So if you're... Yeah. If you're synthetically creating them, then that should bring the cost quite a bit down. I wonder if you could like just have really tiny laser pulses and make super sharp edges and stuff like that. That'd be cool. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, I'm also reminded of the Old Spice commercial where they look back at the tickets. (laughs) The tickets are now diamonds. Maybe we could do that too. Maybe we could. That I mean, they did it on TV, so who knows. Uh, I I had in here that I wanted to talk about Facebook, and I really do want to talk about Facebook. But I think you given also have your schedule, tagline for this week as you I hating know. Facebook. I do hate Facebook, but I think that given our protracted nature of this episode, we should probably talk about it in a later episode because this this is something that has been brewing for a long time, and so another week doesn't really change much. But also, um. You know, the the holiday season's coming up and there's going to be less news. And so we can talk about that. Uh, and so I'm going to move to, so keep that in mind. There's, there's some Facebook hate talk coming in, in a future episode. Ooh. Um, it's going to be ironic when we advertise this on Facebook. Yeah, ironic or intentional, but <laughs> either way. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a, there's a story here that I discovered just this morning that uh, Porsche has announced they're going to build, they're going to be building or are already in the process of building an electric sports car that uh, aims to get to a hundred kilometers an hour in 3.5 seconds to compete directly with the high end Tesla models, uh, spending a billion dollars to do this. And uh, basic. So they also want to get 300 miles on a one charge uh, in terms of electric range and to be able to recharge 80% of the battery in 15 minutes not doing a battery swap, but actually charging the battery, which seems crazy and unprecedented. Does anyone need to accelerate to 100 kilometers an hour that quickly? Yes, if you're racing. But the average person isn't. Or you're, <laughs> if you just want to have a real nice time on the Audubon. Yeah, that too. <laughs> or merging onto Deerfoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel my dead Absolutely. stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, this isn't the first, uh, what's it luxury vehicle manufacturer to go for electric technology. Um, let me just copy the address here, Mm -hmm. paste it in the chat. There's a video from top gear from a while ago and it was Mercedes doing an electric version of their SLS AMG. And it was, it was super nice. Cool. This link is incoming, you say? Yeah. Or I'm <laughs> pasting it into the into the notes. You guys can yeah. take a look at your leisure. Okay. But like electric engines or what do I want to say? Electric motors just so much torque, so fast. It's beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Um is it 
this is in such a weird place to put a link. But um, where where do you want the links, Rob? No, no, it's fine. I just I do, found do it. Do you so want it good. after the thing that says extra links, or do you want me to just start pasting it randomly? That's basically what you did. You're the dictator um, here, like Rob. Just please, I'm asking for guidance. No, I, I understand that the place where you put the link is fine. Uh, this interest, the interesting thing to me about this is big companies have a tendency to plan contingencies for when whatever they did that was bad finally gets uncovered. Yeah, and it it doesn't seem like a coincidence to me that they they teased this car. They announced a, a concept for this Mission E car in September, and this is shortly before this Volkswagen emission scandal sort of started and um, Volkswagen owns Porsche. So that Porsche was getting all mixed up in the scandal as well. So I don't think it's really that surprising that they've been planning to at least release this electric car. They're saying by the end of the decade and uh, the fact that it's all electric kind of just speaks to the fact that they knew this, um, this whole diesel, um, emissions thing was coming and they wanted to be like oh look we're you know we've already been researching this and we're gonna we're gonna write past wrongs with this this brand new thing that is all shiny and fast so yeah i don't know but it is going to be interesting when in 2017 tesla is going to be coming out with their model 3 it's supposed to be kind of mainstream uh thirty thousand dollar range is what they're aiming for this will likely not be that. This will likely be closer to the first models of the Tesla, which were something in the $120,000, range. The Roadster. Yes. Or even the, I mean, even the current models are not, they started like 80000 I think, for the lowest possible model with no, no extra perks. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. And we'll obviously follow up on this. This news just came out today that they're actually going for it and they put all these details about the battery power in but the car looks very nice if you go and look at this um quartz article uh in the notes very cool now we'll talk n- a little bit we got a couple news stories here that came out this week mike um do you want to maybe cover these in a little detail we don't have much time left uh maybe talking about the this at&t unlimited plan first yeah this is kind of more semi follow-up just kind of worth mentioning just we've talked about the unlimited plans that are now gone or if they are around they're very expensive and or just with companies that have very limited coverage and poor service as nick can relate to um yeah so and i'm not going to bring it up because nick doesn't like it when i do but some people (laughs) have unlimited plans from days gone your and my theory is that because they're grandfathered at least the companies that still have them they're not going to touch them just because they're like most people don't have them but we're starting to see the u.s companies uh either getting rid of these grandfathered plans or increasing the prices to the point where it's as expensive as the current plans are um with fido's plan because it's unlimited mobile browsing setup i don't i still don't see them touching that one from a data allowance or price standpoint just because at this point, I don't think anyone really has it except for maybe two people. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Although, as as you've mentioned previously, U.S. tends to lead the industry. So, I mean, d- just be careful, guys. Be careful. 
That's true. No, and that's that's why I'm bringing this up because I'm I'm worried now because this is a uh, <laughs> yes. They're, they're they're adding I think five bucks a month to these grandfather plans, and the other strategy I've seen is where they'll try to provide an incentive for the grandfathered uh, plan subscribers to switch over to a new plan by saying, oh, we'll mm-hmm. give you however much off the current price or whatever, um, just because they're trying to, I guess, get everyone onto their more recent plans. And in the case of Fido, the unlimitable browsing is limited to 4G or HSPA plus speeds, I guess, uh, versus yeah. LTE that they have the network for now. Oh, no. It, it does make a difference sometimes. <laughs> Especially if your network's really slow, but especially if you're uploading, yeah, I should point out, yeah, downloading's actually can, yeah, it can get pretty good, but yeah, either way, it's, it's throttled both ways, and it's it's limited to the HSPA plus network. What if you were hypothetically like in a Google Hangout from a from a house <laughs> with spotty electrical? <laughs> what would the what would the coverage be like then, Mike? The coverage itself is fine, just. Oh, okay. is, or, sorry, not the coverage. The speed. Oh, the speeds. As uh, well, one one up and five down ish, maybe Oof. up to ten at times. Yep. But audio only feeds for the win. Yeah, pretty much. Could be worse. <laughs> it could be raining. It could, could be. be. Yeah. Or it could be my basement. Back when our back when our internet was with Telus, that's that wasn't a that wasn't an uncommon speed combination yeah. for me. Oh yeah. Even yeah. for home internet? The worst. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like well, back when I had to just drop out of Future Chat because <laughs> I just couldn't keep up with it anymore. When my yeah. upload speed was actually faster than my down. That's. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it, it got pretty bad. That's, yeah. There's a reason we're with Tech Savvy now. Did you have the optic set up? No. No. Oh, it was okay. That's why. Through It wasn't through cable, it was through uh, phone or something. Silly. Hmm. Hmm. So on this unlimited plan thing, I have a theory that these these grandfathered plans are basically being offered at cost or with a very slight profit. So they're not, I don't think any company, be it AT&T, be it Fido in Canada, be it anyone on any other unlimited plans, I don't think these companies are losing money on these individuals because if they were, they would have stopped it offering them by now. There's nothing they're They're not required by law to keep grandfathered users on a plan, right? They can just cut the plan, but I don't think they're losing any money. If, if anything, they're maybe gaining a little bit, obviously less than someone who's using a worse plan for three times the amount of money. But I don't think a reasonable price increase on an unlimited plan is ever going to cause anyone to lose that plan. That's, that's not going to be the reason they switch. Um, they're much more likely to switch because it's an antiquated plan and they're forced to use slower speeds and have less reliability and features like tethering or like visual voicemail on the iPhone. I think Android now has some kind of visual voicemail too. You're not able to access those features because it's an older plan. And I think those are the things that would cause someone to switch, not a $5 a month price increase when, when your unlimited plan is still effectively half to a third the cost of a typical worse modern plan. I don't know. That being said, the company could just as easily get rid of the plan altogether. That's, and, that's and, and, they, and they and they wouldn't be any further behind. Right, exactly. So it's it's weird why they'd keep them in that mm-hmm. sense. It I'm not weird. complaining, it's just weird. The people who are on really old plans that have that have those kinds of perks tend to be the best evangelists for the company. That's true. And I, 
I know that I talk a lot about, like I encourage people to switch to Fido because I do think they have reasonable plans in Canada for specific purposes. I think, um, for instance, their roaming stuff is terrible. They cost like $8 a day to get 50 megabytes of data and that's it. Yeah. Uh, in the US and like th- things like that are just kind of atrocious. But, uh, in general, I, I am very big on Fido and I recommend them to everyone. I've been with them for like seven or eight years now. So that's not changing. And so I well, think they're fine with it. Not with your plan anyway. <laughs> no, I, no, nah, no, not with my plan necessarily, yeah. but in I general. like that your, your response is, yeah. I almost switched to wind for black Friday because they had their huge sale. Yeah. And thank God I, you I, didn't. No, I didn't switch for many reasons, but the main ones being coverage in my area spotty. Like it, I'm literally right on the edge of their roaming your, zone. Your area being Canada. Mm. No, well, sure. In one sense, but just <laughs> yeah. city wise, they have their wind zone and like yeah. or unlimited zone. Then they have their roaming zone. So like my street is like two blocks south of that edge. So I kind of be in and out of roaming all the time, yeah. uh, which I don't really want. And the other being that I'm worried that if I sign up for a new discounted plan that they could just as easily increase that price yep. willy nilly. So I figure I'm a lot safer staying on, on a grandfather plan that they're not going to touch Yeah, versus a new plan. It's the devil, you know, kind of, I, and I've, I just haven't had any reason to switch from Fido because yeah. I think if I was just frustrated with it, I'd be like, screw it. But I don't really have any reason to switch except I'd be saving like 10 bucks a month if I switch to wind on yeah. that, on that discounted rate, but I don't think it'd be worth it for those risks that you're taking. Right. Yeah. So Mike, uh, you want to take us home with the other piece of news you have? This is, this is literally the, probably the fluffiest news piece we've had since Nick first complained about fluffy news, but it is important to some people and it, and it's a valid concern that was raised and fixed. Which one is this one? I don't have it open right this now. This is Google play. Oh yeah. So I've, I was surprised when I first found this out because I was gifted some Google Play credit a year or two ago, and I was like, oh, sweet, I have, you know, 10 bucks. I'll buy this $25 album or whatever. I don't remember what it was. I don't think it was 25 even. It was maybe like 15, and I had 10 bucks, or it was 10 bucks, I had five. Mm-hmm. And I went in to pay, and I said, oh, you do not have enough Google Play credit to, to purchase this. Said, Please choose a method of payment. I was like, I have $5. Why can't I use it? And I looked it up, and sure enough, you can't split your payment methods on Google Play. It's either all cre- all credit or all debit or MasterCard or whatever. And now they're rolling out a feature that allows you to split your payment methods, which is amazing because especially people on things like Google Opinion Rewards where you're getting 10 cents at a time, you don't really want to wait you know, a year by the time it expires anyway to actually get enough to buy something. So yeah. if something comes up you want to buy and you have, you know, a buck 13 play credit, you can use it and pay the rest on on MasterCard. So I, I think this is definitely a welcome change. And it, it's kind of the same thing how uh, Maps didn't have the multi-destination feature on mobile, right. which for some reason I still don't have, or at least I can't find it on mine. Uh, but <laughs> apparently some people have the ability to have multiple destinations on mobile. But uh, right. this is just another change that they're making that that makes it easier for people to use their products. Hmm. Fair enough. Now, I guess talking about Google opinion rewards, you guys are both on it, right? I'm on it, but I haven't used it in a really long time. Like they haven't given you surveys to do. I 
I had the app when I had a Nexus 5 for a hot minute back two, one or two years ago, one or two summers ago. Um, I have not used it since I got my latest Android phone. Oh, do they not, not have an the iPhone app? app? No. Oh, interesting. Mm. So yeah. Nick, you're, you're on it though. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, what are your thoughts on it? Google opinion rewards. Yeah. I like it. I am a big fan of data. So <laughs> people want a data point from my survey and are willing to compensate me for it. Sure. I find since I signed up, I did a couple surveys that were more demographic based trying to figure out who I am. And since then mm-hmm. it's been, were you here? Yes. Here's 10 cents. No. Oh, oh here's 10 cents. Oh man. <laughs> Let me tell you if it's like, there are definitely some of those options where they're actually trying to figure more out from you. Cause if you look at the, or if you look at the options, a lot of them will stay the same and then there will be one or two different ones. Yeah. So a lot of mine are like, you know, were you here? I was here. Here's 10 cents. Or (laughs) the alternative is, were you here or were you any of these places? I was like, I was there. It's like, Oh, how long ago was that? It's like, uh, (laughs) this long ago. It's like, really? How do you remember your, your service? Just, in this arbitrary scale, uh, about there. Huh. Here's twenty five cents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in in the grand scheme of things, it's probably a huge benefit to the companies getting that advertising service more than the compensation indicates. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't for think sure. it's really for advertising as much as it's like they just want opinions of people. But mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. I like it a lot. Yeah. Sweet. We, uh, I know you guys both have to go, uh, to respective whatever you have going on today. So, um, we can wrap it up here. Do you guys have any last words or anything that we could talk about in an after show or just want to wrap it up? Coming up next on Weenie in the Butt, whose <laughs> armpits smell the worst? Tune in to find out. I started listening to CJSW for it's uh-huh. the University of Calgary radio station okay. and there's some interesting stuff on there. It's, it's public radio. It's uh, no advertising. And they pretty much let just about anyone on there. And Ooh. it makes for some pretty pretty good and pretty bad radio. So I, I was like, Mike, this this would Mike, be a good platform. This would be a good platform for future chat. And, it would be. <laughs> but we'd be probably putting like a 2 a.m. slot that no one would listen to. But Well, yeah, that's where you start. Right, we, would just, we, we would record our and episodes I mean, as normal. Yeah. And then just... Yeah. Put them up there. Exactly. Any of our any of our dozens of listeners who were who who were up at that point because they listened from all around the world, they could they could yeah. listen live. That's true. They could. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, and then, CGSW could do a, a collaboration with whatever Ottawa's station is. CHUO. CHUO. Yeah. 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 There you go. And then next step is syndication, and we get satellite radio. You know, take off. I'm here to tell you that the recording quality in an actual studio, it's nice. It's really nice. Like $3,000 microphones, soundproofing, all that jazz. Soundboards. Soundproofing is wonderful. (laughs) You like, you go into the room and you can't hear anything anymore because everything's gorgeous. (laughs) I think I've heard that's the biggest expense of setting up a studio 
is it's aside the from the actual yeah. electronics, but yep. to actually have a room that works for your recording. Yeah. I could see that. We need to just either that or we'll get a room and just put uh what's it? Egg cartons everywhere. Or mattresses. Yeah. I think Any that's just a padded room. Baffling. Mattresses with egg cartons. Yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that being said, uh, we'll wrap up for this week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Um, we will be back next week with more science and tech talk. And you can find uh, more about the show, including how to subscribe and or leave reviews if you're so inclined to do that. If you really enjoyed our shorter episode, uh, <laughs> you can head to unwindmedia.com slash future chat. And we will see you next time. Bye. See you guys. Coming soon from CHUO and CJSW. <laughs> I like that. If you liked our shorter episode, if you want to hear less of us, let us know. <laughs> so, have you ever, um, have you ever had your alarm go off in the morning and then it just doesn't yes. stop? Like you keep hitting the thing to say oh, dismiss, man. Oh, and it's just like that's it's the like worst. I can't hear you. I still need to make sure you're up. It's like God damn it, there are other people in the room. <laughs> <laughs> that happened yeah that happens and marie's like shut it off i'm like i'm trying and like i don't know if it's because i'm like three quarters asleep still and i'm just hitting the wrong thing but i'm like trying and it's like not turning off and i'm I've, at some points i'll just shut the phone off because it, it it's won't turn so off. aggravating it's, it's just terrible. this morning it didn't go off at least i don't remember it going off oh mm. but this one that i that i had on today was particularly bad because it's Oh, what's the ringtone? It's the oxygen ringtone. So. I think that's what I have. Yeah, that's I mine. I hate that one so much. The, yeah, it's not the very soothing. The best one. The best gentlest one. I like this one. That's okay. Are you hearing or just. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Big fan of that one. Not a good alarm, but. No, it's amazing because it wakes you up, but it's like gentle. Okay. It's just like, oh, okay, I, I could get up now. This is, this is all right. <laughs> Whereas oxygen, it's like, oh, God, why? You know what I recommend is now the alarm app has the feature of increasing volume ringtone or increasing volume alarm. I thought mine always did that. So I had never seen it before. And. Oh. I think it was recently updated. I remember reading about it. I'm like, oh, that's a sweet feature. So I turned it on. And yeah, that makes it a lot better because it's not a jarring, instantaneous alarm. It's mm -hmm. quiet yeah. and they can catch it before it gets too loud. Big fan. Yeah. Oh, gradually increased volume. I'm totally putting that on. Yeah. See, oh, over 60 yeah. seconds. That's it, great. So, Rob, I'm going to try to send you this file, but it's going to be uploaded over my cell signal. So it might take a while. If it's as slow as your cadence, I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs>